know that they're imprinted on your soul the same way that you're imprinted on theirs. Ever wonder what your animals are trying to tell you? How to decipher those looks, barks, meows, and interesting behaviors? Join me as I share numerous animal communication encounters in some bizarre unfoldings. Jump into unique stories that will open your mind to the depths in which the animals that share our world are looking to connect. Hello, and welcome back to Chatting with Chickens with me, Lindsay. Mm, Even as I start to think about this episode, my eyes are already watering. (sighs) This is episode 22. I know, I know that this episode is going to be a tearjerker, but I was hoping if I waited this long, by the time I've gotten to this episode, I'd be able to hold it together. So we'll see how this goes. But the beautiful Heather, who does all my editing and publishing and wonderful things with Twisted Spur Media, little plug in there, she might have her work cut out today for some editing. <laughs> but we'll see how it goes. Listeners, I am beyond honored to talk to you today about a remarkable soul in rooster form named Inigo. He's named after one of the characters on The Princess Bride. I say Inigo. I think my partner says Inigo. He knows the movie better than I do. I love the name Indigo. Some people call him Indigo. And so whether it's Inigo or Inigo, depends where you put the emphasis. I will be saying Inigo, but for any of you who are Princess Bride fans, it could be Inigo. Either or, he's good with me calling him Inigo or short form, any. So I am honored to share some stories about this beautiful soul and how he has impacted my life, my world, and had a big impact on the whole farm and everyone here. Inigo was one of the roosters that came forward as a prince when Fezzik was getting older, our first rooster. And so Inigo was the same breed. So he's that wonderful cuckoo-maline breed, that big, beautiful, stunning rooster. (laughs) And we had him and Humperdinck at the same time. And Humperdinck was such a stunning rooster as well. And together, those two were like brothers. And they were just perfect and wonderful. So great. It was interesting because with this flock, like when they were being raised, I didn't have as much interaction with them. These roos weren't overly affectionate. Neither was Fez until, like, he'd have moments where he'd choose to come in and connect in, but I wouldn't say that he was super affectionate either. Roosters hold a very, very strong archetype of, like, I'm the guardian. 
kind of thing. However, for Inigo, during the first part of the lockdown, the pandemic, we had a weasel get into our chicken coop. A few of our chickens we did lose, but you could tell that Inigo got into a really big scrap with that weasel. I remember finding him that day and it just it did not look good. His face was so swollen. He couldn't even walk that well. Like it just, oh, it was heartbreaking. And so we had to bring him into the mudroom and into the house to do some healing. I would sit with him every single day, do sessions when he needed it, direct energy when he needed it. But his face was so swollen and he wasn't eating and he wasn't drinking. And I remember sitting there and just intuitively connecting in. Both Alex and I did not think that this rooster would be making it through this. It's so hard, right? Especially like in its nature, it's what happens. So many animals eat chickens, unfortunately, but that's part of our world, right? Those animals need to eat too, but it's Oh, it's heartbreaking. And so I remember sitting and I'm like, what can I do for the soul? And I could feel that there was something, something that I'd be able to bring in that just could help switch some things around. And so I sat in meditation and just waited to receive like that message of what it would be. And what came forward was baby food. (laughs) Out of all things, baby food. For those of you who have chickens, chickens love fruit. They love sweet things. My chickens love strawberries, blueberries, bananas, pomegranates. They do like some vegetables too, but they really go for the sweet stuff. And then the other thing that came into my mind too is if we get that sweet stuff into him, he's also going to be getting some sugar, which might help get things moving. Believe it or not, He turned around so quickly once we introduced baby food into his, I guess you could say, diet, but the only thing he would eat. And it was wonderful because he could actually drink it. And he had a desire to drink it. And at that point in time, like his face was still super swollen, but he at least would take some of that in. And we started within three days just noticing some really cool turnarounds. And we're like, okay, awesome. This guy's going to make it. His recovery was still a significant one. I think he was in our mudroom for potentially two or three months after that. And it was interesting because chickens and roosters are social animals. And so once he started getting better, he came into the house. He had to come into the house. And we'd even let him in the house before then while we're like hanging out. But that's the thing, too, is if you bring in a social animal, but you isolate them and you keep them in the mudroom, that's potentially going to put them into a stressed or depressed state because they're a flock animal. They're meant to be social. They're meant to have that purpose and to be around. It was so cool because he bonded with, it was so funny, I remember (laughs) the animals when he first started coming in because he was really... He was the first lived with us chicken or rooster. 
we had some chickens come in where maybe it was like a day or two needing some tending, needing some care, and then they go back out. But he lived in the house with us. I remember the cat at first because he's just so big. The cat's fence like, okay. He just knew there's no way he could even try anything with him. But while he was mending, I have the most beautiful pictures and I'll share them on my Instagram with this post. Walt would lay with him. Finn would lay with him. Raz would lay with him. All the animals while he was going through this healing journey spent time with like Walt was glued to the soul. There's even times where I had Inigo in like Walt's dog bed and Walt would be laying on the floor, but he'd have his head resting on the dog bed. And they really made him feel part of the crew, part of the family. And he made this miraculous recovery. I feel once he healed from this, he was even stronger than he was before. He just looked beautiful and just stunning. Just absolutely remarkable. Yeah. And so he started perching on things, but we were able to integrate them back into the flock, which is something you're not always able to do with roosters. It's really hard because roosters are so protective and territorial that sometimes when you take a rooster out, they won't let them integrate back into the flock. We had to do some trials and I did some communication with Humperdinck and they were able to integrate back in, which was wonderful and so good. He was doing great. He loved his life. He was hanging out with the hens and looking tremendous. Can you tell that I love him? Can you tell that he has this big spot in my heart? And so after that, unfortunately, the next year in July, because it was right before my first workshop. It was the day before the Animal Connections workshop at the farm. He was, he got into a fight with a falcon because the falcon was going after the hens. And it was a situation where, once again, I just didn't know if he was going to make it. We were able to do this beautiful observation and connection with him during the workshop um, because he was isolating himself. When an animal starts isolating themselves, there's a lot you have to consider. There's a lot going on there when it comes to that stage. And so there was this one part that we were in the shed to observe and do a session for him, and he was isolating himself. And Humperdinck actually moved him very gently, not aggressively, which is like for everyone there too, this was magic. This is when you see an animal acting out of character, connecting into something higher. Humberdink was so gentle and moved Inigo out of where he was hiding to come out to connect with us to do a session for him. There was just a lot that was going on there. And we were able to connect in with them. And I did a session for him and it was really great. But I still, I didn't know if he was going to make it. Like he looked rough. He was having a hard time walking. And we ended up moving him back into the mudroom and into the house. 
any of you who are listening to this that have animals, even if you don't have animals, I'm sure you understand this. It's such a weight to carry at times when it comes to the decision to help an animal transition or not. And this is one of those times when I'm so grateful that I'm able to listen or I also know others who can help bring forward a message that I can honor what that being is wanting to journey through at that time. And so I was beside myself because for me, I didn't want him suffering. I'm like this poor guy already got into this brawl with a weasel. Now he got attacked by a falcon and he wasn't looking good. My beautiful friend Allison had come up for a visit and she connected in and she just was like, don't go today. You don't know the decision. I don't get that you need to take him today to be supported to transition. Just wait and he'll tell you. I'm like, okay, I'll wait. I waited and waited and he started to get better and better. I had to actually rig up because he ended up getting injured through his hips and through his leg. And so I ended up having to rig up. I used this really massive flower pot and then I put a bed sheet in it and I cut holes for his legs because he was laying down too much because it was uncomfortable for him to stand. And so this was a way that we could get the weight off of the legs and he could kind of stand and kind of just do (laughs) some therapy which is tremendous. And slowly, slowly, day by day, with the care of the beautiful souls that share our home with us and myself and Alex, and also for six months of that, my parents moved in because they were moving up to the area, but there was a space before they moved into their house, their new house, that they had to be out of their house, so they moved in with us, and it was wonderful. Both my husband and I loved living with my parents. It was so tremendous. But I think he also gave my mom a lot to do. My mom really bonded with Innie and took such great care of him. And we weren't able to ever transition him back into the coop fully. We would let the ladies come in and hang out with him in the mudroom, and he would have like supervised time outside with the hens and the hens so wonderful. The hens just love this rooster. Like they would all flock around him because he was so great. All of our roosters are great, but he was one that's just been with them. Like same as Humperdinck, like there's just this bond there. And so on the days where they could come in or he'd be out. And the reason why I'd have to be supervised is just at that point, the other roosters. So there's Humperdinck and Geo. They just, and even Bo, even Bo would go at him. Little Bo. Like, but little Bo wasn't little Bo, right? We all know this from that episode. Little Bo is more than little Bo. It was pretty clear that the roosters weren't going to integrate him back into the space. And so he became a house rooster with outdoor access and outdoor visits with the hens. But he had his flock inside, which was really, really, really cool. He even journeyed to the yoga studio a few times. He became so super friendly. He was used to 
being picked up. He loved under his wings being pet and massaged, his crop being like pet and massaged. And I would massage his legs quite a bit while he was recouping too. And so he got quite spoiled and really, really, really loved it. But during this time, I formed a bond with a rooster that just changed my heart. He is and was just such a special soul. And I'll never, ever, ever forget him. Like he just, every day you'd wake up and you'd be like, hi, Annie. And he'd chat back with you. He'd hang out with us. He literally was this rooster that really experienced some things that not all roosters get to experience. And yeah, within that was some hardship and some healing and some difficult times. But like he bonded with dogs and a cat and some humans and he got to live a pretty sweet life inside. But during that process, we became best friends. And here come the tears. It just was such a profound relationship. When it comes to his transitioning, it was on our 10-year wedding anniversary. I had gotten home from work, and it was a beautiful day. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. I was going to clean out the mudroom, and I had any outside, and I looked at Bo, and I was like, leave him alone. Just let him have some time outside while I'm in here cleaning the mudroom. And the ladies were around him and he was pecking at the grass and he was having just such a beautiful day. And I just had this feeling of just him needing to be outside longer. So I talked to Alex and was like, hey, do you mind if we eat dinner outside tonight? I just feel like Inigo's really enjoying his time out here. We never do that. I don't think I've ever like asked Alex to just sit on our lawn chairs and eat outside. And so we did. And we said happy anniversary to each other. And we were outside for probably an hour and a half. And then in that moment, he had a heart attack, which is a common way for chickens to transition. And it was really, really quick. It was really, really quick. And it was really sad, but it was also really peaceful and really beautiful and on a really, really special day. And it was a beautiful way for him to transition. He made the decision. I didn't have to. All I did was listen and show up. Huh. But that was the day that one of my best friends transitioned from physical form into a spiritual presence. And I can still feel his presence on our farm. I feel him, and this was even brought forward by another beautiful intuitive soul at one of my workshops, that he's just sitting on top of our barn. And he's just this beautiful protector for the land the animals here and us in our space and that he's just always with us and I believe that through and through just such a magnificent 
wonderful, radiant soul that I was honored to spend time with and to journey with in rooster form. All right. So from my heart to yours, thank you for taking time to listen and connect in and maybe shed some emotions over a really, really sacred and special soul that I think everybody deserves to know about. And there were a lot of people that were sad when he passed because he touched a lot of different people's hearts and souls. He was an extremely beautiful being. I know I don't have to tell you to do this, but give your crew some love. For any of you who have some crew that's transitioned, feel their essence, feel their energy around you. Know that they're imprinted on your soul the same way that you're imprinted on theirs. And try not to worry, try not to stress, but just shower some love, some gratitude, and just joy for these uh, beyond tremendous experiences that we get to be a part of, that we get to share, that just show us that there's so much more to life than sometimes we experience when we're busy. So to all the divine and sacred souls out there, thank you for showing up for us. Thank you for being part of our path and giving us these memories that we'll never forget. Have a beautiful day, listeners. Here's our little disclaimer. Please know that these animal connections are coming in through my beliefs and filters. They're coming in through my consciousness. That they are not a diagnosis, or are they applicable to all animals? More simply put, these stories are meant to inspire individuals to dive deeper into the relationships with the animals in their world and all that they have to share with them.